wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. On this episode, I have Austin Pressey and Ted Nestor. They're back and we're going to continue to talk about our planned hunt. Just get the adrenaline pumping some more because as if it's not already, it's like just share this rawness. I'm jacked for this hunt. There, and there's no no right or wrong caliber. I mean, obviously you want something with a lot of punch. Bring whatever you're comfortable with at distance. I've always been afraid of a 270, I'll be honest with you. Oh, it kills on one end and wounds on the other. Kicks the crap out of you. I'd rather shoot a 300 <laughs> win mag. I was like, man, I'd rather be lucky than good. So I'm hoping we got some luck on our side. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. On this episode, I have Austin Pressey from Wicked 7 Outdoors and Ted Nestor from The Chase with Ted and Amber. They're back, and we're going to continue to talk about our planned hunt that we have coming up in West Texas with Austin. Also on this episode, Ted and I are going to talk about the success that our daughters have had in the early season. So, Austin, you've done you've done a lot of all that hunting this year. Have you done any other hunting so far? No, sir. Uh, I really haven't. I haven't had. I mean, I did earlier in the year, but since the all dad ruts kicked off, like it's been my only focus, and I plan on running with it till maybe December and maybe do some late season whitetail hunts. I don't, I don't ever know. Like God makes a plan for us. And then we have a plan and God laughs at our plan and does what he's going to do. You know what I mean? So absolutely. we just never know what, what I'm going to end up doing come late December, whenever the rut kind of tapers off the ruts yeah. might taper off around middle to end of November, but you just never know. I mean, they rutted a, full two weeks earlier than what i figured they would this year so okay now what in the scenario where we're going to be glassing these rock rock sides or rock ledges and and whatnot the different mesas um yeah um what like are we gonna is and i'm sure it's different every time but are there like two, three, just absolute hammer rams in the group, or is there like you know that that's the dominant? There's one that that's his herd, and everybody else falls in line. Or how does that like what what should we expect in that regard? It just really depends. Like it depends on the size of the group that we get into. If we get into a group of like seventy to eighty, there's going to be two or three hammer rams in there that are just take your pick. You know, I. From that distance, I'm not going to be able to tell you if, which one to shoot. Just take whatever one makes your heart flutter because um, yeah. they're all going to be big. But what you'll see is if we run into a group of that size, you'll have those two or three rams, and they'll be knocking heads, and they'll fight a little bit, and then the loser will kind of bust off and go towards the back of the herd and try to pick him up a couple ewes while the winner – he'll go up front and grab 10, 15 U's and he'll just start heading up the mountain. Those are his girls. He'll go over the top, keep going, run around. And then the, you know, the other, the rest of the Rams in the herd, they'll kind of pick and fight over, you know, what, what group of U's they get next. Um, gotcha. Here lately, it's been like one Ram. It'll be like one Ram per 10, 15 U's. 
So they've already done the fighting, you know, the day before, the night before, whatever. And they've already got their their harem of views that they're running with. And that's yeah. been more the case here lately as opposed to the big groups. Um, the big groups still exist. You know, they're still running around out there. But uh, like I said, it's just been a lot of single rams with a good group of use. Okay. Sweet. So the potential to get into a big group of them and get more than one ram or more than one shot off on multiple rams. There's a good opportunity for that. You know, like I said, if we can get into a big group, there's absolutely an opportunity to bust two rams out of that group. And, you know, it could be done the first day or it could be done the third day. It just depends on where where that group of rams are. And that's what's crazy about Audad is and you guys are going to get to see these sheep in a, in a light you haven't seen them before and i mean honestly um you're going to see things that you wouldn't see if they were on a high fence now they're the same animal they've still got the same genetic makeup but instead of having uh a hundred acres or a thousand acres or twenty thousand acres to run on they've got the entire countryside to go they can go fifty thousand acres and you might not see that group of rams again for a month they're just no matter, okay. but that's, I mean, you guys are going to really get to see them in their, their comfort zone. And it's, we might see them out there at 2,500 yards. We might see them at a thousand yards. We might see them at 200 yards. We might see them at 10 yards, you know, and it just, it all depends on what the sheep decide to do. I, I would love to be able to tell you, Hey guys, I know exactly where to go every minute of the day. You know, I can tell you today where we're going to end up being whenever you guys come down, but they're sheep. You just gotta. It's one of those deals where you just go with what your gut tells you to do, and you just make ground. The more ground you can cover, the better odds of seeing a, a good sheep to shoot. So basically, what you're saying is we're gonna walk a lot. <laughs> yeah, more than likely, we might get lucky and only have to walk a couple miles. But you know, sometimes, sometimes you make a plan to only walk a couple miles, and you end up going seven miles, and you get back to camp, and you're like, "Man, I'm beat." But let's go again in the morning, like. We bedded them up up there on the top of that canyon. Let's go get them. Heck yeah. I'm excited to, especially for the all dad. But I mean, you know me when it comes to predators. Like, I'm really excited to do that too. Yeah. Especially like mountain lion aside, the, the gray foxes, the bobcats, potential for some coyotes. But there is that potential for a mountain lion. And yeah. Dude, if we could call in a cat, a big cat, and 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 film it, that would be just amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... it'd be a cool feather in my hat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now let's talk a little bit about scent control. So obviously, we're gonna have to maintain a good scent control for predator hunting. But what about all dad? I mean, can can they smell us from a thousand yards away? They can smell us from a long ways away, but they rely more heavily on their eyesight. Okay. So they like to they like to ride the mid to top of the mountain because you can obviously see more. So if we're busting up through the bottom of the canyon and there's sheep at the back of the mesa, they've already seen us. They're just not worried about us at the moment. Okay. Um you know, and I'm talking a mile, half a mile, somewhere in that range. It's when you start really pushing that distance to four, three, four hundred yards, they really start to get a little spooky. Um, 
and yes, wind does play a factor, you know, but I'm not so much worried about if I've got a wind coming off my back and coming through the valley because there's no telling. There's so many canyons in there. You don't know what the wind's doing at that sheep. That wind could be going left to right when it was coming off your back. Yeah. What's the, like, what's the wind out there generally? Like, you know, 20 mile an hour, 10 mile an hour. Some days it's just flat as can be, like no wind at all. And then some days you'll have a, you know, a good whip and wind that's 15, 20. And there's just no real reason that I, you know, I'm not a meteorologist. Wind blows my mind every time it picks up. I'm like, well, it's blowing right to left here, but it's blowing from them to us out there. So hold it where you hold it. Copy that. Now, this is, I think it's going to be challenging for, for many reasons. And most of them we've already covered. And, uh, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to this hunt. And I knew that we all needed to get on a call here to, to one, get kind of get that, just get the adrenaline pumping some more. Cause as if it's not already, but, uh, but to also like just share this rawness with our listeners and, uh, I'm, I've, I've, I've said it a bunch and I'm going to say it again. I'm jacked for this hunt for so many reasons. And I know I'm going to be tired. I know I'm going to be wore out, but it's going to be fun. And, yeah, uh, definitely be worth it. so, so I'm bringing my 300 wind mag out. I'm shooting 200 grain, uh, ELDX precision hunter. And I know if I can, if I can touch him in that, in that shoulder, I'm going to take it out. And, uh, I just, I like something that a lot of people may not know is their vitals are tucked in tight to their shoulders, you know, as opposed to like a whitetail that may be like shoulder to rib um, where their vitals would be. But all dad, their vitals are tucked in tight, correct? Basically where the scapula comes down and their elbow meets their, their body yep. from there to up to their, you know, brisket basically where their neck meets the body that's where the vitals are they're not back like a white tail like you said you know everybody shoots white tail behind the shoulder because you can tuck in you can clip the back of the lungs and get into the heart and stuff back there these all that everything's just so far forward because they they come from the barbary coast which is you know over there they're known as a barbary sheep over here we call them all dead i don't yeah. know how we came up with the term all dead it's what makes it cool well, but they are an african Species. Yeah, I, I know how they got the name All Dad because some some dad told his son, "Hey, we're gonna go climb those mountains and kill those sheep," and he was like, "All oh, Dad." <laughs> <laughs> That's how that name came about. Um, I did kill an All Dad uh, in Kerrville, and uh, I think it was Ingram actually, and uh, with my two seventy, and the ranch that I was hunting on, I, I shot him perfect in the shoulder and dropped him. And the uh, ranch owner was pretty surprised that the 270 shooting 130 grain bullet dropped him. And he never, never moved after that. It killed him. And uh, I was like, man, I'd rather be lucky than good. So I'm hoping we got some luck on our side out there as well. I've always been afraid of a 270. I'll be honest with you. Oh, it kills on one end and wounds on the other kicks the crap out of you i don't shoot it anymore i'd rather shoot a 300 <laughs> win mag 
there and there's no no right or wrong caliber i mean obviously you want something with a lot of punch to it for these sheep but if you're and i tell people all the time you know they ask me hey what what should i bring bring whatever you're comfortable with at distance yeah. if if you've got all the confidence in the world i can work with that in your rifle if you don't have any confidence in your rifle it's going to be real hard because i'm going to ask you to do things that you may not have ever done before and shoot at distances you never have before yeah and so i always tell people hey get out there and practice four to five hundred yards i can make quick adjustments on the fly on a hunt after four or five hundred yards i can tell you where to hold on that sheep to make a good shot and so i mean just bring what you're comfortable with absolutely <laughs> Absolutely. So Ted's going to have 308 and the 50 cal hammer. And uh, I'll have the 300 win mag. I'd actually thought about bringing the 6.5 Creed more, but I didn't get a chance to spend as much time with it as I wanted to. And so I'm definitely going to bring that 300 win mag and we're going to let her eat. So, uh, so Ted, I know like for us here in Virginia and West Virginia, our whitetail season's already started. And uh, yep. Kylie, tell us about her hunt because I saw some pictures. And when we came over to your house, she told me all about it. But I love that story of how she just killed that uh, big old doe with the crossbow. Yeah. So, I mean, we've, we've been trying to get her to use a crossbow for a couple of years now. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like when Ava comes over, she motivates her. <laughs> yeah because i mean for anybody that doesn't know my daughter and stevie's daughter are the same age and ava is way more advanced than kyle is you know and, which is my fault and uh, because I, I haven't worked with her like stevie's worked with with his little girl uh so that's my bad on me you're but doing a good job her favorite gun is the 300 blackout so when she was six years old you know she killed her first uh first four deer in Texas with 300 blackout. So she has not wanted to use anything, but her 300 blackout. So this year, you know, we, you know, we, uh, we told her, you know, look, you know, you're old enough where you can use crossbow. And, uh, so we got a Raven R26. Nice. My opinion, badass crossbow they've ever made, uh, literally a hundred yards, I can stick three arrows in the top of a Copenhagen can at hundred yards. I mean, it's, it's crazy. But, uh, so, you know, <clears throat> she's like, you know, we, I want to go hunting, you know, first day of bow season, we went out, I, I hunted in the morning and I thought, well, if I don't kill nothing, she wants to hunt. So I'm just gonna, I don't care what comes in. I don't care if it's a buck, a doe, you know, 150 inch deer. I, I don't care. It, you know, it's hers. Yeah. So we get in the blind and, uh, you know, so, so last year back up a little bit. So what I do, cause you know, we're sponsored by, uh, Paul, uh, Tacticam. So, um, I put the FTS on it and yeah, I kind of, you know, when she killed her, when she killed her, her deer with a 300 blackout, I kind of helped her. You know, you know, I, I was watching the FTS on my phone and, you know, kind of kind of holding the gun because I didn't, you know, even though a blackout doesn't really have much of a 
recoil. You know, I still didn't want to scare her. Yeah. You know, so I kind of helped her and held the, held the, the butt of the gun. And, you know, well, this year she did it all by herself. Um, the, the scope that's actually on the, uh, the Raven, you know, it's, it's got a lit reticle with the dots in it. And I just, you know, I still watch the FTS. Um, but she actually is shooting it now by herself. Nice. And so we set the target out there at 25 yards, which is from the blind to the feeders, 25 yards. And so the, you know, couple hours before we went because I thought she was going to change her mind. But then she's like, no, I, re- I really want to hunt. I want to go. I want to use my, it's her crossbow now. <laughs> but uh, she's like, well, I, I want to shoot. I'm going to shoot. Crossbow. So we got her, uh, got her set up and she took, uh, Three 25-yard shots, and all three of them were in the bullseye. Nice. And that's all by herself. I'm like, okay, you know, you're you're ready. Yeah. So that night, we went to the blind, and, you know, we have this blind. We generally have probably um, about 15 to 20 does. And a couple of little bucks coming into this blind every night, every nice. morning, every night. So I knew that she was going to have an opportunity. We had a perfect win. So big old, big old doe come in and, you know, I asked her, I said, look, you're, you know, there's a spike there or four point, which one do you want to kill? She said, I don't care. She said, I want to kill the first one that comes in. Doe come in. I raised the window of the blind and I just kind of, you know, kind of guided her. I said, you know, you put that, put that 25 yard mark right on her shoulder and right behind her shoulder and pulled the trigger. And she did. And I got it. That's her first archery deer. And she, we had to work for that one. i tell you where she hit that deer. Uh, she hit it perfect. Um, but the weird thing is that deer kind of turned and it went in perfect behind her shoulder and when it turned, it come out her opposite side butt cheek, you know, her ham. Yeah. And, like, it was a vital shot. Like, it literally went inside of her the whole length of her body and come out her rear end. And I thought, you know, with that broadhead that we're using, it's pretty wicked. And I figured that deer, you know, would be dead. Yeah. I'd be daggone if we didn't have to chase that, not chase it, but that deer went about 300 yards, um, which was, I think mostly was my fault because I was really excited. She killed her first deer and, you know, uh, I seen her go in the woods and she laid down and I, I thought that she went in, laid down, she died. Well, we give her a little bit. We get out of the blind. We get up to where she went into the, in, into the woods. Yeah. And she wasn't dead yet, so we pushed her. Mm. And there was an open field on the right and a cornfield on the left. And in between this is a fence line. And it's the thickest shit you've ever seen in your life. I mean, you couldn't see two foot in front of you. And this deer had to go right through the middle of all of it. Briars and multiple roses. And just It was just thick, thick, thick. 
carried the arrow all the way with her. I would say by base maps, we tracked that deer about 310 yards. We didn't find the arrow until we got right up to the deer, but that was her first deer. She's so proud. And the day after she was mad at Amber because Amber only got her one tag instead of two. (laughs) 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 So now she's ready for doe season, which, which doe season will actually be while we're in Texas because Amber's actually flying to Texas um after our all dad hunt to bow hunt at our lease in texas okay so i pick her up in san angelo i don't know 28th or something like that yeah so we're gonna be filming archery whitetail um this this you know the same trip but i think amber is going to try to take her out and uh kill a doe with her with her 300 out so I'm I'm hoping, man. I think I think this is going to be for starting out the first year of the chase. If I'm 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 really hoping that if everything works out like we hope, <clears throat> I think this is going to be a really good year to start out with the chase. Yeah. Um, with hunting with you guys and Austin and um. You know, we're we're leaving to go to Ohio tomorrow, and the JC Outfitters of Ohio, the the outfitter there, he's uh, he's killed like five over one hundred and fifty in the last two weeks, and this guy's got—I mean, he does it right, man. If anybody out there wants a whitetail hunt in Ohio, this guy does it right. Uh, he doesn't rifle hunt; he only bow hunts. Um, and in you know, I, I've never seen an outfitter not rifle hunt. Um, he'll hunt the first, I think, three three weeks a season, and then he'll give all his properties about a two or three week rest for the deer. Yeah, and he's very successful. He, uh, I think the the second deer that they killed this year was a hundred and eighty four and seven eighths inch eight point. Now that the hammer yeah you know i I killed back in 2016 i killed 153 inch eight point um and that i thought that was a big eight point this thing is just uh just so happens there was a member of buckmasters a high up guy buckmasters was in camp so now they're doing a big story on him and everything like that so no, that's awesome. 184 inch eight pointer. Like anything, once you start getting at that 150 mark, that is a monster eight pointer. And I couldn't imagine. I've seen I've seen the pictures of that deer. I'm pretty sure, and uh, he's pretty remarkable. But um, you had mentioned Kylie is like motivated by Ava. Well, when we we made the trip over to drop off a lot of our stuff for this trip since you're going to be driving down and uh on the ride home ava and zoe were talking about crossbow hunting because they haven't crossbow hunted yet and they're like well kylie got the crossbow hunt why can't we and i'm like well we can and i have a wicked ridge crossbow and um but the the trigger pull on it's a little heavy for them and so it's like well we'll figure something out you know and uh i happen to be at a gun store 
because I, I find myself in them quite often. <laughs> and uh, um, gentleman had a, it was a Carbon Express uh, X Blade, like 175 for sale for 200 bucks. And I was like, shoot, for 200 bucks, we'll give it a shot. You know, we'll give it a try. And got it home. I shot it a bunch just to make sure everything was working right. Uh, you know, I examined it before I shot, but I just wanted to shoot it, make sure everything was working right and everything was. So then I let them start shooting it and they're sinking arrows at 20 yards, 25 yards and 30 yards. And, uh, I had to leave the next evening to come out of town for work. And I was like, you know what? It's my last evening in, but let's see what we can do. And Ava had previously killed two deer during our youth season and so it was zoe's turn to hunt no zoe did miss one with her 300 blackout during the youth season she got nervous and she made complete clean miss and uh so i told ava i said well it's, it's zoe's turn and ava's like absolutely and so we go and set at a it's a small property it's a little little less than four acres but uh it's loaded with deer and I knew it was going to be a perfect opportunity for, for Zoe to hunt. So I'd, I'd already had a blind set up there too. And when we pulled in that evening, there was deer everywhere. And I thought we missed our opportunity because the deer moved about an hour earlier than they normally do. And so we pull in and they busted out of there. And I said, well, we can leave and go home or we can at least try. And the girls said they wanted to try. So I loaded everything into the blind. And we sat there for about the good part of 30 minutes. A deer came out at 40 yards, and I just didn't want Zoe taking a shot like that with the crossbow. Not yet. You know, eventually that'll come. And about 20 minutes before dark, a uh, big old doe came out and started acting spooky and didn't really quite like us being there. And, the you know, the, the blind helps hide the kids as much as it can, but they're, they're still kids. And so, um, she gave us a broadside shot at 24 yards and very similar situation to what happened to Kylie. Zoe hit this deer behind the shoulder, but the, it got stuck in the ham. It actually broke the deer socket and it ran and ran off a cliff and went into the Creek. And it's about, uh, you know, just guessing, probably a 40 to 50 foot drop now grant like i was able to work my way down to it we recovered the the deer um uh keith guzzi uh he uh he helped me recover it and keith is uh the father of tanner guzzi and tanner has uh chasing the outdoors and uh so i told keith i said you pretty much drug me and that doe up that cliff i said if this is anything like all dad hunting I'm in trouble, <laughs> but, uh, uh, man, so I, I, you know, I field dressed this deer and I found the arrow inside of her still. And, you know, that was Zoe's first, uh, first, first archery kill. And that was all because of Kylie, because they said, well, Kylie got to do it. Why can't we? And right. so I, I want to thank Ted and Austin for spending time with me and helping me plan for our trip down to West Texas. I know we're going to have a really good time and lots of fun. Now, guys, we still have one more episode to go in this three-part series, and I'm really looking forward to it. And until next time, keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. 
Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.